Well, normally I open my podcast with a so-called joke related to the content, but I don't have one of those today. So I figured I'd do a joke from my childhood. Do you remember the dead baby jokes? I mean, I don't know how... I think most of my listeners are probably about the right age to remember. We used to have jokes. This is like, you know, maybe fifth grade, middle school, somewhere in there. Uh, We used to tell a lot of dead baby jokes, so-called jokes. And the point of them is they're all gross. So, you know, if you don't want to hear a dead baby joke, just uh, fast forward 30 seconds. But here goes. What's the difference between unloading a truckload of dead babies and a truckload of bowling balls? Answer, you can't unload the bowling balls with a pitchfork. And so, coming up next on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So people have been burning down churches in Canada lately. And also just vandalizing them. Uh, I think mostly Catholic churches. So I guess Canada had these kind of schools at um, religious institutions for indigenous kids from like 1890 to 1970. You know, I don't know if they have, like, nuns or whatever. They probably weren't real nice to the kids. I think it's kind of like what happened in Ireland. Ireland had a similar thing. It was for Irish people. You know, like, in Canada, they're like, this is racist. In Ireland, they have the same kind of stuff, like, whatever, for orphans. Or if you got pregnant, they'd send you to the thing for the school for a while. Anyways, and I think they'd, they'd beat you with a rod, and they weren't real nice to you. They probably didn't feed you real good. I think the Irish stuff... People only care about that because they sometimes abused girls. So, you know, that's the that's the minority group there who got abused in Ireland. And then the Canadian one, right, you got uh, indigenous people. It's like Native Americans. It's like Indians, Canada's version of Indians. Well, they went to crappy schools where they beat you with a rod. Um, so, you know, so that gives you your minority that was disadvantaged and oppressed. And so makes for a good news story. And so there's a city in Canada called Kamloop, and I guess they had one of these big, they had one of the largest of the indigenous children's schools. And so, I don't know, maybe six months ago or a year ago, um, they hired some, what were they called? A conflict anthropologist. Basically, it's like a, it's a woke white Karen anthropologist. So anyways, like the local indigenous tribe hired this lady and she has some sort of device maybe kind of like a metal detector i guess and sometimes people use it to search for mass graves and so she went to the grounds of this religious indigenous school in kamloop and she ran her device around on the ground and she said there's 700 there's the bodies of 700 dead indigenous children in a mass grave and so all the Canadian media outlets are like, white supremacy is real. We've, 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 we've finally proved it. White supremacy is real as hell. You know, politicians were calling it a genocide. Uh, Trudeau, the leader of Canada, I think he, uh, he said that um, Canadian flags should be flown at half-mast for five months because of this atrocity. And so all that was months ago. And so the tribal leaders of the, the local tribe... Um, they have not decided to dig up the bodies. And, you know, surprise, surprise, shocker, uh, it's because there ain't no bodies. It's very useful to say you got 700 dead kids in a mass grave. It's not useful at all to start digging up that grave and find out there's nothing in it. It turns out the device 
like it search for it searches for disturbances in the soil or something which you know it could be a mass grave it could be who knows what it could be many things besides that i mean if you're woke obviously it's a mass grave it's kind of like taking a metal detector to the beach and it goes off and you're like i found a gold ring right and then ah, bottle cap and so professors and people in general are getting canceled over it if they go i'm not sure that that's true like you know you gotta you gotta believe well you gotta believe and then like everyone who said it was true as hell They've all gone radio silence in the, I don't know, last few months. You know, they know. Okay, you know, shut shut up about this. Don't don't mention that thing again. Whoops. And it makes me think they did a. Oh, they did a study. Like the Canadian government did a study. I think in starting in maybe 2014. Um, like Indigenous women. They did a study on missing Indigenous women. And basically, what it is, it's murdered women that that you don't find their bodies. And indigenous women go missing like that, you know, at an alarming rate. I mean, it is, it ain't good. And I forget how long the study is supposed to take, like a year or two years or something like that. And, you know, like two years later, it's like, what are the results of the study? And they're like, uh, we need to study it more. And so every year they would say that. We need to study it more. We need to study it more. They would not release their results. And I think, I think long story short, they just, they put it off, put it off, put it off, and then say, we're not going to tell you what we found. And the reason why was because, you know, I think there were some leaks or whatever. And long story short, it was indigenous men were, you know, killing their wives and girlfriends at alarming rates and whatever. The cops are not catching them, not finding the body, not catching them. I think they released a statement, something like, um, we're not going to tell you the race of the killers because, you know, it would reinforce stereotypes or something. You know, it makes you go like, what stereotype? What, what's the race and what's the stereotype it would reinforce? They're like, we're not telling you. You'll just have to guess at the stereotype it would have reinforced. But anyways, that stuff's interesting. It's kind of like, uh, like Canada's version of Black Lives Matter. They don't have, you know, they didn't have slavery. They don't have a lot of black people, so they need something to wring their hands over. I mean, you know, apologizing for something that happened 100 years ago. I mean, they already did that, right? I mean, that's, and that's fine. That's what you should do. If you did something bad 100 years ago, you should apologize. You should probably, you know, try and make good schools for the indigenous kids of today, etc. But being reasonable about stuff that happened in the past and then just trying to do a good job today, that is not enough. People are like, I gotta get a scalp. I gotta fight white supremacy. And, you know, no, you know, it's the, it's the classic thing. The supply of white supremacy is too low compared to the demand. Everyone wants to fight white supremacy. They want to catch a white supremacist. And then, I mean, especially in Canada, there ain't none. So anyways, they just get these basically hate crime hoaxes and then radio silence. Oh, and I forgot to mention like how this indigenous children grave thing all started. So these schools, like the kids lived at the schools, first off, to, you should know that. And maybe they were taken away from their parents and put at the schools. I'm not sure. Or maybe the parents gave them up. Probably like, you know, 130 years ago, they probably took them away from the parents. And then, you know, in the last 100 years or something, it was more like the parents gave them up. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I know that indigenous people and in, indigenous mothers in Canada today give up their kids for adoption at an incredibly high rate. But in any case, the way the whole thing started was like maybe a hundred years ago, I think there was a cholera outbreak, some disease, some disease went around and just was killing, I don't think it was just indigenous kids, it just 
killed Canadians. It just killed tons and tons of people like 100 years ago. And then some of those people who got killed were uh, these indigenous kids at the schools. And so what they did is they they buried them. And I, I was reading something. They said, you know, they should they didn't. Whatever. If if the if Canada had been nicer, they would have shipped the body back home to the parents so they could bury them. So you know, maybe that was an evil, racist thing that they did. They didn't provide the money to ship the bodies back home. But what they did was they they had like a graveyard. A graveyard. These these. I think you know, not just for the kids. They just had they had graveyards. You know, graveyards are associated with churches and whatnot. And so they had graveyards, and so they buried these kids you know, in their own graves, and they were marked graves at the time. I guess that's, here's the important thing. So back then, they used to use, they used to make wooden headstones. And so they buried them. They, you know, it was marked, it was a marked grave. But after a while, the wooden headstones uh, rotted, obviously. I guess once again, they were racist. They should have sprung for the money for stone ones. I mean, a lot of, you know, it's just like just a couple of years, just tons and tons of people died over this. I think it was cholera. In any case, and then that became a big news story where people were like, there's, they're being, they're, you know, kids are being buried in unmarked graves. And so, you know, I think, I think pretty soon thereafter, they're like, you know what? You know, they like find the pieces of rotten wood of the old gravestones. Anyways, the media didn't want to hear that. So it was a big story about unmarked graves that wasn't true. And so they were primed for when someone said there's 700 in a mass grave, uh, they were ready to go with that stuff, and then it wasn't true again. So there's been a few mass shootings, uh, I think in about, about the last month. The famous one is the one on the Brooklyn subway, uh, New York City. Some guy, I think a black guy, about 55 years old, he shot 33 bullets, hit 10 people, no one died. Um, and he set off some, I think some smoke bombs, like fireworks. So it's all, you know, it's in a, it's in a subway train. There's smoke, the video of it, there's smoke pouring out the doors, people running out the doors. That was the end result of it. He, and he just left, he just left. And, uh, and then the city was looking for him for about 24 hours and he, he called the cops on himself and they came and picked him up. And that one's interesting because I think, I think the mainstream media, Whatever, they didn't send it down the memory hole. They didn't stop, you know, it wasn't radio silence instantly on the subject, even though the guy was black. But, they, you know, it did show the, the, like, the new rule. I mean, it's not a, no one's written this rule down yet, or at least in the media. I think, you know, like, San Francisco police has the same rule. Uh, Columbia University has the same rule. But they've stopped specifying the race of the perpetrators because it, you know, reinforces stereotypes. What stereotype? We're not telling you. The stereotypes aren't true, so we're not going to tell you what the untrue stereotype is. But it would have been, it would have been, a, you know, it would have been reinforced. But I think they are charging this guy with terrorism, and he like he had a YouTube channel, so like you know you could, I took him, you know they took it down, but you could go watch this guy. He was ranting all about, uh, I don't know, whites. He was not fond of whites. He wasn't that po- he wasn't that fond of black women. I think he, uh, you know, slant-eyed Asians were not his favorite either, his words. And uh, don't quote me on this part, but I think he said that he was a fan of that uh, Christmas parade, you know, non-terrorist, right? There's that, remember, I guess Christmas must have been December last year. Um, a black guy drove his car through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin. 
killed maybe four, like, you know, injured like 50. And, you know, it was big news and then absolute radio silence because the guy was black from the media. And I think they decided not to charge him with terrorism because, you know, for the same reason as radio silence. So it's been a little interesting to watch this Brooklyn one because they're, they're talking about it more. And they're charging some guy with terrorism. Someone, some people have been calling him a black supremacist. It'll be interesting to see if that phrase catches on. I mean, probably not, but we'll see. And then before that, uh, six people were killed in Sacramento. Like, I saw, I saw the headline. And it, was, it was big news. It was big news for, like, three days. And, the, you know, I was reading the article. I saw the headline, six killed in Sacramento. Um, I was reading the article, and it was like, you know, mass shooting, six killed in the morning on whatever day it was. And I was like, oh, well, that's probably a white guy, you know. Because, you know, when I think of the morning, I think like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., you know, that's, you know, that's when I'm drinking coffee. But then I read another article, and they're like, when they said the morning, they meant like 2.30 a.m. And I was like, oh, that's not the time that white people go out and commit mass shootings. That's a black one. And that one made, it was quite a bit of media coverage on that one because for three days, they didn't catch the person. So until they caught the person, the media was talking about it a ton. And then... Whatever, the cops caught the guy, turns out he is black, and then radio silence after that. And, you know, do we need to be mean to black people when they have a mass shooter amongst, you know, when, when, when there's a mass shooter who's black? I mean, normally the answer would be no. But for, you know, for many, many years now, if a white mass shooter shoots people, right, then the media is going crazy. They're like, this is white supremacy. This is This is how all white men are, so... You know, I guess if you got false, you know, there's no good, there's no good options. You're getting false accusations of racism and white supremacy no matter what. So, you know, it just makes it interesting to see, uh, whatever, black people get a little media attention also. When I guess they both shouldn't get attention. I mean, the media should not talk about mass shooters because that just creates more of them. That's what's going to be interesting here. Like this Brooklyn one, he may have given the idea to black people. Normally black people like shoot friends and family and neighbors whereas you know the white mass shooters maybe will you know be someone shoot up a school but maybe it'll give uh, black people the idea yeah you can shoot total strangers it's fun you know you're schizophrenic it'll be fun and what happened yesterday i just saw well i just i read a tiny bit about it this morning two people killed uh it was at a airbnb party with 200 people attending and so I mean, they didn't say. Maybe it's unknown. But anyways, that does not sound... I don't think, you know, white people do not do Airbnb 200-person parties where people get killed. But, you know, it's only two people, so I don't think... I, don't, I think you know, either way, the media is not going to talk about that one too long. Makes me think of a study. There was... Airbnb people do not like to rent their houses to black people. And, you know, I think it's because black people disproportionately have giant parties. Um, but, you know, the... So that was like, you know, America's racist. Airbnb people don't like to rent their uh, houses to black people. And then mixed in with the data was the fact that black homeowners even less like to rent their houses out to black uh, black people at Air- for Airbnb. So, you know, it's not just racism, or if it is racism, it's black-on-black racism also. I mean, obviously, it's just a bunch of hogwash. And I've mentioned it before, but you can go to... Uh, mass-shootings.info to see like the mugshots of mass shooters in America and I don't know exactly it's about 
It's about 8 out of 10 is black, about 1 out of 10 is white, and 1 out of 10 is Hispanic. And it's just pretty crazy because, you know, I mean, my whole life, everyone's whole life, right? You always thought mass shooters were white men. In fact, it's just the media. The media just likes to tell you about those and withhold evidence on the others. A white cop shot a black man the other day, I don't know, about a week ago. The black man's name was Patrick LaYoya. He was driving in a car with license plates that did not match the car, and so that's why the cop pulled him over, we think. I mean, there's an investigation. It's ongoing. We don't know exactly what happened. But based on what the cop is saying to the guy, you know, he's like, stay in the car, stay in the car, and the guy gets out of the car. Call him Patrick. And I guess Patrick is from the Congo. He moved to America from the Democratic Republic of Congo um, when he was a teenager. So he has kind of an accent. And so, stay in the car. He doesn't stay in the car. Show me your license. He like he's, he has a friend in the car. He's like, give me that license. And then he shuts the door and he starts walking away. Instead of, whatever, the license is never produced. And so the cop kind of grabs him and tries to, you know, he's like, put your hands behind your back. Tries to cuff him. Uh, Patrick, he's not, you know, he's not like violent to the cop. But he's not letting the cop, whatever, grab him and cuff him. You know, he just, he walks away, then he runs away, and the cop is chasing him around. Patrick's pants are falling down, which makes him a slow runner, and the cop is, tackles him to the ground. The cop is repeatedly saying, stop resisting, stop resisting, and Patrick is repeatedly saying, okay, okay, but, you know, his body, I don't know, there's a disconnect between what he's saying and what he's doing, because he's, he's resisting arrest the whole time. And so they're wrestling, I think they get... I don't know, on the ground, up off the ground, on, back onto the ground, um, and the cop tries to taser Patrick, and Patrick, you know, they're, I mean, whatever, they're, they're, it's in the middle of wrestling, it's in the middle of wrestling, and so Patrick just pushes the taser away, so the cop can't taser him, and then the cop is on Patrick's back, Patrick is grabbing the taser, kind of, you know, maybe to take it away from the cop, and the cop just pulls his gun out of his holster and just shoots Patrick in the back of the head. And so, you know, is this one like Michael Brown where the whole thing is a Black Lives Matter hoax? Or is this like George Floyd where a cop murdered a black man and it's caught there right on camera? The answer is, I don't know. Like, there's... Well, first off, like, I don't know how many shots the taser has. Like, you know, if you... If Patrick grabs the taser, does it mean he's armed now, right? That's the... That's the, the cop's defense is going to be that he was grabbing, he grabbed the taser, and now he's armed, so I got to put him down. So I don't know how the tasers work. I think, you know, one shot or two shots was one shot shot or both shots shot. And then does it also have, I think, you know, some of them, I don't know, maybe all of them, I don't know. Um, even after you shot the little darts, you can just push it against someone and zap them. Like, basically, even though you expend both shots, it's still a incapacitating, possibly incapacitating weapon. I don't know. And then, you know, so the cop is fearing for his life. This guy that's been wrestling with him for a long time has the taser, and, oh my god, if he tases me, then he could take my gun away, and he could shoot me, right? That would be, the, that's the defense. On the other hand, other than, I mean, he's resisting arrest, but he's not, like, attacking the cop. He's not really trying to hurt the cop. Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole thing, it goes on for like three minutes or something. So there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of chance for him to like punch the cop. He never punches the cop. He just, just kind of wrestling, wrestling to get away, mostly. 
And so it doesn't look very good when someone is kind of on your back, like in a wrestling move, and just pulls out a gun and shoots you in the back of the head. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, so far, they're doing an internal investigation, with the result of which has not been, whatever, it's not over. Um, so we'll see what happens. Are they going to charge? This is Grand Rapids, Michigan. Are they going to charge the cop? You know, I think like in 2020, this cop would be getting charged. You know, who knows if the jury lets him go or finds him innocent or guilty or whatever. But in 2020, you'd definitely be charging that cop. And in 2021, you'd probably be charging that cop too. Um, but in 2022, I think people are starting to get a little different feeling about this stuff. Realizing that the whole Black Lives Matter movement isn't quite the wonderful thing that it appeared to be at the time. But so I guess the interesting part to it is... What should the cop have done? I mean, I don't know if the cop knew it at the time. Uh, Patrick, he had he had a criminal record. It wasn't too crazy. Maybe domestic abuse, uh, something else. Oh, right, possible car theft. So we don't know. We don't know if the cop knew that part. But so that's, that's kind of the question. It's like, I think, you know, the mainstream misinformation media, I think they started by saying that he, you know, he had expired tags. Well, he didn't have expired tags, he had the wrong plate. And so the wrong plate could mean, I mean, basically you gotta check, you gotta check because it could be a stolen car. And so like, you know, if someone is resisting arrest for bad tags, I mean, you know, probably you should just, whatever, you should probably just let them go, right? Instead of escalating it to the taser, which then, you know, which then, when you put the ta taser on the table, now there's a weapon on the table that they can grab, you know, and then, which mean, and you always have, the gun is always on the table, you know, metaphorically, the gun is always on the table. So it's like every time a cop deals with someone, that someone has a chance to have a gun and kill the cop because the cop brought the gun. So if it was just like expired tags, you know, like, hey, if someone's resisting arrest, maybe you should, or gonna resist arrest, maybe you should just let it go because otherwise you may have to kill them because you brought the gun, the cop brought the gun. On the other hand, if it's a chance that it's a stolen car, you know, if someone, you know, if you, if you try, hey, turn around, put your hands behind your back, and they don't do it, and they start running away, do you just let suspected car thieves run away? I mean, is, you know, is that your job as a cop? I mean, if I was a cop, <laughs> I'm not wrestling with no freaking suspect, I and mean, this, this is, the dude's bigger than the cop, you know, I ain't wrestling with no one bigger and stronger and younger than me, so I'd be like, Stolen car or not, you can just run away. Fine, well, maybe we'll catch you later, maybe we won't. But I think cops don't feel that way. They're like, we got ourselves a possible car thief here. We're not going to let him just run away. Well, I guess that's I guess that's that, so we'll just see what happens. Oh, and there was a little bit of, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters. Um, I think what was interesting, I guess they went to the police department building or something like that in Grand Rapids. And they threw eggs at the cops and the building. So, you know, it wasn't like frozen water bottles like they do in Portland. So that was interesting. Eggs. That might be a step in the right direction. Um, no one want to get, wants to get hit by an egg, but it's not going to, I don't know, would it put it out your eye? Whatever. It's not going to give you, it's not going to destroy your brain if you get hit in the head with one. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast. Please tell a friend about this. And thanks for listening.